Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee with Counsel. I'm Brad Hull. I'm an attorney with Hickey and Hull Law Partners, and I'm here today with a new guest on the show and a new addition to our team, um, Michael. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get this right, Michael. Michael Grunyard. Is that right? That's actually pretty good. That's the best I've gotten in Arkansas so far. Well, you could sp- spell it so everybody knows why it was so hard for Arkansans. <laughs> That's G-R-A-U-G-N-A-R-D, Grunyard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That makes sense. That's, that's, uh, uh, you're, you're from Louisiana, so I guess that's the culprit there. Yep, way down um, the bottom. So, so Michael is a new attorney at our firm, uh, just starting out with us here as we begin the new year. He's going to be primarily in our Northwest Arkansas office. We're very excited to bring him on. Um, he is currently finishing up an LLM, which is like a master's degree in law. So he already has a JD. He's a licensed attorney, but he's going to be even smarter than, than most us ordinary attorneys. So Michael, welcome, welcome aboard and welcome to the show. Um, I will let you just briefly sort of tell your background to our listeners here, not as much detail as you want or don't want. Sure. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Like I said, I'm from South Louisiana, way down the bayou. Uh, my old man's a sugarcane farmer back home, now retired. Um, my LLM is going to be an agricultural and food law, so I hope to to you know build part of my practice around helping agricultural clients and people working in that space. So yeah, I'm very happy to be here. And you have a young child, correct? Yes, Poppy Marie, 15 months old, I mean, 16 months old here at the beginning of February. Well, we're we're definitely happy to have you. I, w- I will say on here what I what I said yesterday on on the Facebook. Uh, I'm really really happy to bring Michael in. He's a, he's obviously very smart. You can find that out very quickly in dealing with him, and has has the mindset and attitude that will make him. I think a very good attorney. So I know our clients are going to quickly come to like working with Michael. Um, I, I don't have much to say about food or ag- agricultural law. You'll have to, you'll have to teach all of us about that, but you'll obviously be handling the, uh, the types of cases we, we traditionally handle as well. Just, just to make that clear. He's, he's got, uh, family law, criminal law, general civil matters. Those are all going to be things that, that we've handled in the past that Michael will work on with us. And speaking of which, um, you and I are, are working on a case already um, that involves some issues with a contractor, and this is something that comes up a lot, and so it got me thinking it's something maybe we can talk about today. So I have a few rules that are 
applicable in almost every situation that I have seen a dispute arise between a contractor and we'll call them a homeowner or a property owner. And sometimes they've been followed, sometimes they haven't. When they have been, the job is much easier for us as attorneys. And what what I'm looking at is a situation where if you've hired a contractor to come out and do work and you start to feel like, okay, this maybe is not going the way I want it to go, what should you be doing? Well, first and foremost, I think you need to take photographs of everything going on. Um, really, I would recommend you take photographs even if you assume that everything's going to go great. If, if you've been taking photographs along the way, you are prepared in case something does go wrong. Having those, uh, you know, before and after type photos can be really important, but it's also the photos of the day-to-day progress. You know, if, if it's a if it's a job that's going to take months to complete, you may not need photos every single day. But if it's a two-week job, having day-to-day photographs, you can see exactly how everything progressed. Um, it, that can give you a clear indication on what the timeline was, what was done each time the crews were out there. Uh, just really helps know um, what was going on, what might have went wrong. The the other thing that I think people often fail at doing, and probably because a, a lot of people are just not confrontational, you don't want to be confrontational with someone. But you've got to make your expectations clear. You've got to make the things that you are wanting to be done clear. If there are discrepancies in what is expected, that is where trouble starts to arise. Best case scenario is that there's a contract laying out everything that's supposed to be happening. Michael, you're going to be shocked to hear this. People don't always sign written contracts when they get into these ventures. Um, you're 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 newer to this area of the law, so I will ask you what what do you think is the percentage of legitimate contracts um, I see come through on on disputes between contractors and homeowners? I would hope that it's higher than fifty percent at least. I would be shocked if it's fifty percent. <laughs> I think here's what typically happens. Uh, unless unless the contractor is one of my clients who I've had and I've shoved a contract in their face and forced them to use it, um, what typically happens is the contractors draft up a one to three page invoice or estimate. And... It's somewhat itemized, but not always clear exactly what's included within certain broader categories. Like it may say, instruct a porch. Well, does that mean put the roof on the porch? Does that mean put the rails on the porch? Does that mean, you know, what is included? Those are the types of things that may be listed there. Um, I've had one where it said it was an entire house. And the contract was one page and it had a turnkey house is what it said. That was essentially the only thing that was promised. What does that mean? What does that mean? Um, but that's what happens from best I can tell that's happening in 
of the of the ones that end up in a dispute, that's happening seventy five percent of the time or more. Um, so that's that typically is not what's going to happen, and 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 that's that doesn't mean there's no case. Just because there's no written contract doesn't mean there's no case. But what it does mean is that there is likely to be an issue regarding what the expectations of the job were. So I think it's important that you make clear to the contractor what your expectations are and vice versa. If you're if you're a contractor and you're not going to use a good contract form, which you absolutely should be doing, but if you're not, you need to make clear what you are actually doing. And you need to get that in writing and have that explicitly clear. And if, if the only thing you are going to do is what is in the writing, that needs to be explicitly clear. I think a lot of times that's where some of the confusion comes in is there are certain things listed on your estimate, but does that mean that's all that's going to happen? Or is that just what has been kind of itemized out in the estimate? Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Along these same lines, um, I think I would would recommend that you always follow up in writing. Shoot a text message, shoot an email. This is what we talked about. Because you will often build a relationship with the contractor. You'll be talking on the phone, going over things. And um, the conversations that one person's having and the other are not always the same. But I definitely recommend having some written follow-ups. Yeah, I'll go ahead and chime in there and say in my my brief uh, experience practicing, not once has a person ever come to me with too many records, right? I mean, everything you can pass off to your attorney, the more the better because it'll give your attorneys and it'll give the court, if it comes to it, a much clearer picture of what's going on, what the expectations are, and how the parties relate to one another. So, like you said, pictures, documents, just because there might not be a drafted contract doesn't mean you can't start building it out in your conversations with the with your contractor or with your client. So, the more the better. Yeah, as long as you're the party that's acting appropriately, of course. There, there, there are definitely records I've been handed that I wanted to make go away. <laughs> but but the, the easiest way, I think, to, to follow up on those things is, is literally, you, nowadays, you can just shoot a text or an email. And, and that's sufficient for getting a record of the conversation. Um, the, last, the last thing here that I have, and, and of course, there are other things that are going to come up, but these are just like big picture, big four rules that I see, is to keep all of your receipts any payments you make to the contractor, any payments you make for materials related to the job, uh, any payments you make to third parties who are going to come in after the fact, um, all of those payments that you're making related to the job, keep receipts because and, and try to keep them organized and have actual uh, references to what was being done when you made that purchase, what those materials were used for, 
what that payment signal signaled um, anything like that. And keeping those records will be very helpful because one thing that a lot of people don't think about is when you get into these disputes, often the biggest issue is damages. What is the damage that has been caused by the contractor failing to fulfill um, the contract? Is is it is it something that could have been resolved with a thousand dollar fix, or is it something that is going to take tens of thousands of dollars to fix? You know, the that is a huge dispute uh, often in these cases, and and in fact, it's it, it's it's mu- much of the time, most of the time that I'm dealing with these cases, that is more of an issue than whether the contractor did everything right or not. There's almost always something that's a little bit off, but then it's about how much is that that portion of this worth. And I, I want to backtrack one last thing and then I'll, I'll wrap up. Um, I forgot to mention this with the expectations. Um, another thing to keep in mind when you're making your expectations clear, this also goes to when there are issues, what are your expectations about getting it fixed? What do you think needs to happen? And the reason this one is so important and you absolutely need to follow up in writing because if you are relying on the implied warranties, which are inherent in in pretty much every uh, contractor relationship that they will perform with good workmanship. And if you are relying on that implied warranty, you generally need to show that you have given them a reasonable opportunity to make the necessary repairs. If you cannot show that, you could potentially lose your case based on that failure. So getting that in writing and having a clear record of where you told the contractor, these are the issues, these are where you have failed here and you need to fix them is very important. And that contractor, you may know good and well that contractor is going to tell you, uh, go to hell, I'm not doing that. You still need to send it. You still need to get that record and those expectations need to be made clear. Yeah, I'll, I'll chime in again. Um, you, if, if there's uh, a way to, to discern what it is you're looking for, preferably in the written words of the contract, you don't just have a right to the the thing getting done. You have a right to it getting done in a way that you were happy with. Uh, now, nobody's going to come in and try to read your mind, right? That's that's the issue there. So, so long as you have your expectations written down and communicated, you might have something going for you. Because, again, you don't just have to get the work done. You're allowed to want the work done in a way that satisfies you, so long as that is agreed to beforehand. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really surprising to me how many people um, get into big projects with just with just very little written communication, records, agreements, anything like that. But it happens, and uh, and and it doesn't mean you don't have a case. Like I said, but trying to um, trying to keep as much as you can after the fact. Once you start to realize there's a problem. At that point, you really, you just have to step up the correspondence in writing, the taking the pictures, getting any sort of documentation you have because, or you can get because you know there's not this strong contract to fall back on. So that's my advice for you. Every case is going to be a little bit different. Every case is probably going to have some additional things you should be looking to do. Um, 
good idea if you were starting to have a dispute to maybe talk to an attorney early, even if it's premature to file anything so that they can help give you advice on how best to handle it going forward. Uh, but if nothing else, follow these follow these rules and you're going to be in a much better position should you have to go to court. So we'll wrap it up with that. I appreciate everybody listening as always. Uh, Michael, you may not know this, but we have at least two confirmed listeners. Wow. Uh, whether they are still listening after we've taken so many sporadic breaks, I don't know. But uh, we do have a few, at least at least two, maybe a few out there that we know are listening to us somewhat regularly. Hopefully it's more than that. And there's a silent majority out there that just loves listening to us give, give dry legal advice. Uh, sometimes we do give some sports takes. These two or three are not employed by Hickey and Hall Law Partners. Uh, no, they're not employed. Now, now I do believe they are family and friends uh, of employees, <laughs> but uh, they are not employed on, on on our team at all. So, anyway, we'll keep we'll keep pushing them out there, whether anybody wants to hear it or not. You guys have a good day, and uh, thanks for listening. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.